Hello, welcome to Totem Talks. I'm Helen Fruin. I'm Mark Smith. And today we are talking about business partnering. Which is incredible given that this podcast is two and a half years old and we have not talked about business partnering before. We kind of did talk about it when we did trusted advisors because the link between trusted advisors and business partners is a big one. Mm-hmm. But it seems helpful for us now to talk specifically about developing business partners. Excellent. So what is a business partner? Well, I guess if we think about our context, most of our clients are in the HR space or mm-hmm. learning and development, talent management. So we tend to talk about HR business partners. Um, but I guess if you were to talk about this more broadly, you could talk about a consultant. You could talk about somebody who acts like a partner. They're a an advisor, a critical friend, a support uh, if you are working in a big business where you have HR business partners, IT business partners, finance business partners, you expect this person to be alongside you, helping you achieve your business objectives. Sounds like a pretty cool job, frankly. Is it a cool job? If you like helping people achieve their objectives, which you tend to do very well. So I would suggest that you are a very good business partner. Well, thank you very much. I shall take that kudos and end the podcast there. (laughs) End the day on a high. Uh, So, okay. So I do know that we have our own proprietary business partnering model that you've wonderfully created and is dotted on our website somewhere. Mm -hmm. If anyone is interested in having a look at that, just go to our website, click in business partner, and it will be one of the first things that pops up. So we will cover that at some point today, but we did want to touch on developing business partners, didn't we? Yes, because there's a general assumption that because the business partner model has been around for a long time, when Dave Ulrich set out and set out this business partnering model and centres of excellence and loads of people changed their job title to HR business partner, there was this sense that this would change the world of HR and everything would be great. And yet here we are, decades later, And lots of people have the job title business partner and still don't really know what it means. Mm. And lots of our clients struggle because they've got people with that job title who aren't doing the job of a business partner. Uh, So if you're listening to this and you are a business partner, you have the opportunity to stand out as very different by actually demonstrating what those behaviours are. And if you're listening to this and you're interested in developing your team, then you could pick up some tips here that would be helpful for that too. Excellent. And I guess a a foundational kind of point of reference for this is going to be encouraging those people to run off and read the Trusted Advisor and the Challenger Sales books, plural. Um, That's that's going to be a good start for you. Um, In terms of what you would expect from a HR business partner, what's that? Uh, That's what I put into the framework. So a business partner, if if you... talk about this from a a client perspective Mm -hmm. so let's say you run a retail business and you have an HR business partner what does that client the retail business manager what do they want from a partner in HR they want somebody who gets their business speaks their language I don't want some I'm running a retail business I don't want someone coming in saying let me talk to you about HR I want somebody who comes in and says let's talk about your retail business And how we can make your retail business more successful, how we can reduce the pains and challenges and frustrations that you face in running your retail business. 
which at the moment might be things like recruitment, uh, staffing hours, Mm -hmm. how you manage uh, the the very fluctuating market. So you need this many staff this day, but then next week there's a financial crash and you need to cut those staff. How do you manage all of that? So speaking your customer's language, speaking all about their business, understanding how they make money, what their frustrations are, what their costs are. That's a critical part of being a good business partner. Mm -hmm. Then you need to build a good relationship because we like people, we buy from people and we all work in sales as the good old Daniel Pink quote that uh, one in nine people work in sales or so do the other eight. We all work in sales. So because we do rely on good relationships to influence people, to help people, you've got to build a good relationship. So a good business partner will speak their client's language and mm-hmm. understand their business. One. Yeah, got you. Number two, build good relationships. Number three, be good at influencing, challenging, bringing useful insights. So this is where you can bring your HR expertise, right? Oh, did you know if you did X, Y, Z, you might recruit more efficiently? Did you know if you did ABC, you might reduce staff turnover? That's really good expertise to share with your business partner, your your client. And fourthly, you need to then have a plan. You need to contract how you're going to work together. Maybe you're going to agree a new recruitment process or a talent management approach. And you need to contract that together and then recontract as you work together. Because what you'll often find is if you only do the first three, Mm. there's never kind of solid objectives and monitoring and performance management. Yeah, you get project creep after a little while. Exactly. And in all fairness, that sounds an awful lot like your job. Because I am an external business partner. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. you know, I think a consultant, if, a salesperson. Ex- exactly. Yeah. I was just, I was about to throw this out there that because I do sometimes wonder if um, external consultants are forged in a slightly hotter fire than internal ones, um, purely because of the depth and breadth of clients that you tend to have to work with. I'm always amazed at just how quickly you pick up different companies' languages and cultures. Uh, I mean, a great example is what what do you called sales managers or area sales managers that title is is massively different across all kinds of different organizations but i i I do hear that you're very keen to get that right wording and that flexibility and adaptability to an individual's context i think is what makes a very successful business partner um is you think that's something that can be sort of learnt quickly or do you think that's actually just experience in terms of being able to adapt to a client's yeah. language, as with most things, it, it's the intention. If you are purposefully intentional about, I want to learn your language and I want to speak your language, mm. then you just pay attention. So when somebody drops into a conversation, area coach or AC, you might just gloss over that and, and not ask any questions. But it's my job to say, oh, did you say AC there? What does that stand for? What does that mean in your business? What language do I need to be repeating so mm. I sound like I'm one of you? And that's absolutely critical. And I'm just being intentional about that. When people say to me, how do you remember things? How do you remember people's names? If you are intentional about remembering those things, and my goodness, my memory is not that good. I make loads of notes. Mm-hmm. I've written down AC equals area coach equals area manager basically by making those notes being intentional that's what makes the difference excellent 
Just going back to what you were saying about it seems as though perhaps being an external consultant might help you be a good internal business partner. Mm. I would also suggest the reason that that's helpful is that, or the reason that external consultants have to very quickly become good business partners is because they usually have a sales target. Right, I see. Yeah, now, oh, I a, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. Mo- motivational tool. Right. Mm. As a business partner within a company, it is much harder to measure your success. Mm. You know, does that retail manager like working with you? Does that IT manager come to you first for their queries? It's, it's quite difficult to measure. Whereas as an external consultant, it's very simply, did you win repeat business from that client? Did you win new clients? Mm. So when you say you're forged in maybe a hotter furnace as an external, because you've got that very solid measure of success. Which is interesting, because I would say that we're not terribly keen on financial I mean, certainly within Totem, we're not terribly keen on financial targets as a motivational tool. Mm. Um, but obviously, we 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 do recognise when we've won repeat business, um, whether a client has been profitable over the long term, things like that. Um, so it seems like a bit of a values clash. Whilst I'm just sitting here marvelling at our, <laughs> our own little Totem world here, it does seem like a bit of a values clash here. Not a values clash, if... If the the value is building the relationship mm. and the did we make money out of that is a kind of side benefit. Right? If I built a good relationship and made a difference and did a good job, we're going to see that come through in sales. I see. It just gives an easy side measure of success. Yeah. Um, we can't actually observe the thing that we want to measure because it's quite difficult. It's a soft skill effectively, isn't it? Right. Um, Whereas to say, well, therefore I won X amount of business yeah. gives a harder measure to that. Is that the primary motivator for what I do? No. Is it a side benefit? Yes. And because it's easier to measure as a side benefit, it there we go. Yeah. Understood. I like that. Thank you. So you've mentioned the four things that make a good business partner. Mm. From memory, there are actually some foundational things as well. I think three of them. Yes, there are indeed three. Congratulations. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so the three foundational pieces, which I separated out because the the framework has kind of got those four behaviours. Speak your client's language, build a relationship, influence, contract. Those are the behaviours or, or cycles that you could imagine a business partner going through. But underneath that, you've got to have some fundamental things one of which is some kind of gravitas, confidence, impact, whatever you want to call that. If you're going to this retail manager, if you're going to this IT manager and you're saying, hi, I'm your HR business partner, can I help you? You're not going to have the gravitas for that person to think, oh, I think of you as an equal. I think of you as a peer. Mm. I want you next to me. You do need to land with a splash. Right. Yeah. So some kind of impact, gravitas got to be there mm-hmm. um, and I'm keen I used to have the word confidence in that framework but you wrote a book but I wrote a book saying better than confidence <laughs> so I'm not sure confidence is the right thing because sometimes it's easier to have that gravitas and impact when you feel confident mm. equally you can have that impact even if you don't feel confident and that's why I changed it to, to be more about gravitas and impact another foundational piece or, or something that's clear, clearly required is your expertise. Mm. So if you're an HR business partner, you need to know something about HR. If you're a finance business partner, you need to know something about commercial finance. So clearly you've got to have your expertise, your knowledge that adds value to your client. Mm. 
I'm not going to teach you that. That's for your CIPD education, your accounting education, whatever it is, but you've got to have it as a, as a key part. And the third one is alignment with strategy. Because if you are contracting with the business about what the priorities are, then you need to have some alignment with what's the overall business goal? Is there an HR strategy that we also need to be reflecting? So just making sure that we're all on the same page Mm. about vision and strategy is very, very useful. It's quite a dynamic role, actually, now that I'm I'm having it broken down for me. I'm... uh... I'm surprised I'd never really thought about it in this detail before. I, I think in the past, whenever I've come across a HR business partner, I've always been a bit, thanks very much for your help. And uh, that's that's been my relationship. But um, now I'm having it explained to me what a good one looks like. Mm-hmm. Mm. And what a difference, right? So when you're looking at perhaps experience you've yeah. had in other businesses of an HR person, mm. you've probably been dealing with a more transactional HR advisor. Yeah who you call and say, oh, I've got this problem. I think I want to fire someone. Yeah, yeah. They tell you, you can't just fire them. You need to follow this process. And you go, oh, well, that's annoying. Thanks very much. And put down the phone. Mm. It's a transactional relationship. We're talking about a much more partnership-based And experience. I finally see the value in HR business partners. Yeah. Thank you. Well done. So let's develop more of them and we all get that more positive experience. Absolutely, yeah. Because we, in, in all fairness, a, a good HR business partner in that in the context you're describing, would be a very, very useful asset. Oh, yes. For me to get pretty much anything I want done, done. Exactly. I mean, talking about retail, a lot of our clients are in the retail or Mm. at least um, B2C space. So for that, you know, to have an HR business partner who comes to you and says, what are we doing about workforce planning? Mm. You know, you're talking about your recruitment needs now. What are your recruitment needs going to be in the next year? And how are we building up for that? Uh, One of our clients, for example, is going through massive expansion. So they know that they need area managers building now, ready for when they're a much bigger business in three years time. Mm. So what are we doing now to prepare those area managers? So when we need them, we're not going, oh dear, we need to recruit people. Mm. I mean, back in the day, I'm thinking many, many moons ago, we, I don't know if the, the term is still relevant now, but we often talked about change, change agents within work mm. uh, within the workspace. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something I've heard for a long time mm. about developing or embedding change agents within uh, development programs, for example. Mm. You'd always pick your, your heroes, wouldn't you, who would go off and say wonderful things about what you've done. But it seems to me like a, a decent HR business partner would be an excellent change agent, either upstream, so I need to influence upwards to a manager, or downstream, in fact, as in we've, we've got a strategy that we need to to share uh, with our workforce. It seems like a, a business partner is well-placed to, to be that point of communication. Yeah. Hmm. And it is funny to hear you talk about change agents because you're right, we, we haven't talked about that for a long time as a business and with our clients. Mm. I think because it's now just an assumption that everybody has to be good at change. You can't afford to have these just few little heroes, these change agents. You need everybody to get that it is their role to flex, adapt, cope with uncertainty and crack on. I mean, it's true. It's, I think 2008 was the last time I came across maybe a change agent thing, just thinking back to some of the stuff that I've read and written. And that was at the beginning of what I would call the crazy, the crazy, crazy period of the last, what, 20 years, 15? Mm-hmm. Oof. Well, it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. 
Cracking, I wonder I'm tired. <laughs> cool, okay, so we've we've been through your model. Uh, looks lovely, well done. Thanks very much. Uh, again, you can find it on our website. And if you'd like to know more, please get in touch with Helen. Uh, how do you develop business partners there? How, you know, mm. if, if, is there like a, a workshop or, you know, how, how do you get people, these, there's basically seven tenants of decent business partnering. Um, how do you develop them? Yeah. So, um, yes, of course you can run a workshop. Yes, of course you can call me and I'll run the workshop <laughs> for you, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I say workshop, it's, it's much more of a program because if you think of those four behaviors we've talked about across the top of the framework, that's a workshop each to look at how do I deliver that? How do I do that in my context? And, and so on. So if you want to talk to us about that, absolutely great. Love to. If you're looking at doing this yourselves in-house, mm. there are a couple of things I would advise you on. One is you've got to have the conversation about what's expected. Most of the issue with people with the job title business partner who are saying, I don't really know what that means is they just haven't got something clear on paper that they can get their head around. Mm. And that's why this framework's been so helpful, because when you put that in front of a business partner, they go, oh. Well, like, well, I, like I just yeah, have. Right. Yeah. I, I, get like, that. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Right. And there's huge power. We've had a number of clients over the years say to us, can you give us the detailed behavioral indicators under each one of those, like creating a, a fully detailed competency framework? And we've resisted against that because there is huge power in your team of business partners shaping that for themselves mm. so that it's bespoke to them, bespoke to their context, their language. So again, you're speaking your client's language. Um, so step one, take that framework off our website, have a team meeting with your HR business partners and ask them, you could get them into four groups for the four behaviours what do you think you would need to be doing to demonstrate these behaviors? Mm. That meeting in itself is so, so powerful. Uh, we had this with one of our clients a few months back where they did that. And then after that, they all rated themselves on how well they thought they were doing those behaviors now. Then they had a meeting with their managers afterwards to discuss that and get their manager's feedback. So just that discussion about clarifying what does this mean is in itself a huge part in that development journey. Mm. That was a lot of secret sauce to uh, hand out for free at the end of this podcast. Well, that's how we roll. That's how we roll. That's how we roll. Uh, let's let's put a pin in this because it's Friday and it's late afternoon and I'm getting a, a tickle for a gin. <laughs> <laughs> so next month, the month of August 2022... We're going to be focusing our attention on commercial awareness. Now, we've got some pretty meaty stuff on this in terms of actually how do you develop your commercial awareness? How do you develop the ability to just absolutely boss a meeting and be comfortable with numbers and finances? Which is a really beautiful follow-on from this because if yeah. you're speaking your client's language, knowing their commercial market yeah. is huge. So... Keep your eyes on our website for things being promoted there. Our podcast on it will be later in the month, probably, because it is August and everybody's on holiday. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, but other than that, have a lovely week and we will see you soon. Thanks.